Are you ready for an open discussion with the best of the best and the best of what's next? Welcome to the Tony D'Urso Show. Join in on a great conversation today with some of the world's great influencers as they showcase great advice and techniques that made them the game changers they are today. Now, here's Tony D'Urso. Welcome, I'm your host, Tony D'Urso. I interview elite entrepreneurs, and I thank you for joining us. This show is dedicated to helping you turn your vision into reality. You know, there is a lot of truth in the story, but it is, of course, fiction. I'm in Atlantis, bitten at TonyDURSO.com slash Iman. Roni learns the hard way that being able to look into someone's mind sounds great, but it comes with serious responsibilities. Sounds like fun? It is fun, but you got to watch yourself. And I will say this to you, the best friend you ever want to have in the world is an Iman. When you read the book, you'll know why. Check it out and let's have your feedback. Iman of Atlantis, Bitten, available on Amazon now. Bitten is B-I-T-T-E-N. And you can go to TonyDURSO.com slash Iman. Iman is I-M-E-N. Today, we're going to talk about bush wrapping to eight digits with Brian Clayton. Let's see what we can learn today. And at the end of this interview, I'll give you a summary recap of what we went over. Stay tuned for that. Brian Clayton is CEO and co-founder of GreenPal, an online marketplace that connects homeowners with local lawn care professionals. GreenPal has been called the Uber for Lawn Care by Entrepreneur Magazine and has over 100,000 active users completing thousands of transactions per day. Here we go. Hi, Brian. Welcome to the Tony D'Urso Show. So good to have you on with us today. Hey, Tony. Great to be here. Thanks for having me on. Brian, I am extremely impressed at what you've done with something so ordinary, so routine, so something that we've grown up with that we don't even realize. And we're going to explain the mystery of this title, Bush Wrapping the Eight Digits to the audience. But bit by bit, let's take everything from the beginning, Brian. Tell us, please, how did it all start for you? What's your backstory? Yeah, so I've never had a job. I've always been in business for myself. I've always ran my own little companies. And luckily, I was drug into entrepreneurship, kicking and screaming by my father on a hot summer day uh, in the mid-90s. I was playing Nintendo, sitting on my butt, and he says, hey, get off your ear. Well, you got a job to do. You're going to go mow the neighbor's grass. And uh, he made me go cut the neighbor's lawn, thankfully. And uh, after that, I got paid 20 bucks and I was hooked. I was hooked on entrepreneurship from that moment uh, forward. And uh, I actually just stuck with that lawn mowing business. I I mowed yards uh, all through high school and all through college as a way to make extra cash. And uh, it actually just started picking up little by little year year over year. And when I graduated college, I I had to make a decision. Was I going to go into the job market and take a pay cut or stick with my, my grass cutting business? And I laid out a little business plan. I went to business school and and, uh, worked really hard and got lucky and had a good team around me. And over a 15-year period of time, I built that into one of the largest landscaping companies in the the state of Tennessee. I got it over 150 employees, over $8 million in revenue. And uh, in 2013, was able to get that company acquired uh, by one of the largest landscaping companies in the United States. And so taking that business from just me and a push mower to over 150 people, um, figuring out how to grow it to eight figures in revenue. I, I learned a lot the hard way through trial and error of how to build a business. 
And then Brian, I, again, I, I'm probably going to say this a few times and I won't get tired of it. I'm so impressed at what you've done. But one thing you've just mentioned, which I have never heard anyone ever say out of the 500 plus interviews, is you had to decide between taking a pay cut and getting a job or sticking with what you were already doing. I mean, I'm laughing so hard I can barely get the words out. Can you take us to that moment and how that vision grew to to what you're doing now? Yeah. So I was we were cutting the hell out of some grass. I mean, I had a helper who was a college buddy of mine and we would mow sometimes 30 or 40 yards a day. And, and I was making pretty damn good money for a kid in his twenties in the early two thousands. I mean, I was making almost six figures and mowing yards. Now, granted I was working seven days a week and, and going to school at night. Uh, and I would go to class with grass all over me and uh, I'd tow my lawn mowing equipment to, to school and park it. I mean, it was not glamorous. But uh, it was one of those things where, you know, I mean, 2003, four, when I was graduating, entry level position for somebody coming out of business school was maybe 40 or 50 grand. And I was going to have to take a pay cut and go into the job market. And, and I, I did not want to be a grass cutting guy my whole life. That's not what I had set up to do. It isn't what I went to business school to do. But uh, the economics just made sense to stick with it. And it was right about that time I started realizing that, no, this is a business and I can make it into a bigger business and I can make it into the best business in my market, in my industry. And that's what I set out to do. And so half of it was, if I'm honest, half of it was monetary driven. I saw an opportunity to to make a good living. But the other half of it was I kind of had a chip on my shoulder. I really wanted to make something of myself. And I saw business as a way to do that. I didn't you know, I didn't have any other talents. I, you know, I, I mean, as it turns out, it's really hard to make something of yourself. I mean, you can do it in, in, uh, in art or sports or, or medicine, or you can be a writer. I, I'm not good at any of those things. I'm good at one thing and a small business. And I just stuck with it and, uh, and, and worked, worked really hard and got really lucky and, and built a good little company. And I get that the money is really good and that you finance yourself going to school. I've done the same thing. That is quite an extreme amount of work, and it takes an, an amazing determination to do that, Brian. I totally feel that. What was this motivation, this purpose that pushed you on this? Like, why did you do this every day? Yeah, it's, uh, it was tough uh, because, you know, when you're starting a business from scratch, you have to wear all these different hats, right? And, you, you know, you have to wear the hat, you know, to work in the business as the laborer, you know, in my case, mowing yards. You also have to work on the business in terms of marketing it and, and trying to figure out how to make it run smoother and, and, and more efficiently. And so, like I was saying, you know, for me, it, it was more along the lines of the business then and now uh, is the vehicle that forces my life forward, that causes me to level up. It is the, the thing that carries me through to the next level. And it's kind of like I'm, I'm writing the business and, and the business is like the storyline to my life. And, and then it was then in my early days, trying to figure this stuff out. And even now building green palette, that's what business is for my life. And it is a thing that causes me to have purpose. Um, especially as I grew that company to 10, 20, 50, hundred people, the people that worked for that company were the reason I got out of bed in the morning. They were my purpose. And so I started realizing these things along the way. And, you know, like you can look at business as a, as a video game almost. It's a, it's a metaphor I like to use, try to make sense of it. You think of it, think of it like 10 levels. 
know, level one in my case was just trying to make an extra thousand dollars a month. You know, let's just get some revenue going. And then level two might be, okay, how do I, how do I grow that? to maybe a hundred K a year in revenue or something. And level three might be, okay, how do I hire two people? And you get level four, five and six and seven, and you start getting into all these bigger things like systems and culture and HR and branding. And so that also kind of held my interest in, in, in my first company. And, and also my second company, Green Pal, is like, every time you get past the level, there's another level that's more challenging and you have to grow to, to get past the, 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 uh, the, uh, the challenges of that level. And so that's, that's always been fun for me. We're talking about bushwrapping to eight digits with Brian Clayton, and you can find him at yourgreenpal.com. Now, your is Y-O-U-R, green, we know that word, pal, P-A-L, yourgreenpal.com. Brian, let's get a little bit more into your vision path, because this is just absolutely amazing. Now, if I understand this right, not only did you cut grass and pay your way through school, but you bootstrapped your business with no outside capital and took and took it to seven, eight digits. Yeah. And, and it was a hard way to do it, but luckily it was the way it was the path I, I chose back in those days. I would mow grass all day long and I had these headsets that were like hearing protection, but they also had a radio in them. And so I listened to talk radio all day long and between one o'clock and four o'clock, there was between two hosts that I liked, but between one o'clock and four o'clock, there was this guy named Dave Ramsey that would come on every day. And I'd have to listen to him to get past the one show that I liked to get to the other show that I liked. I had to listen to Dave Ramsey. Didn't like Dave Ramsey, but every day I was kind of, I guess I was, I was kind of hooked onto the Kool-Aid of, of his style of, of, uh, building financial freedom and, and, and personal finance and also business finance. And, you know, Dave's big thing is no debt, no debt and, and, and just do it the hard way. And, and that was just kind of beaten into my head for many years. And that's, and that's how I built that company. I, you know, at any, any given time I would have 70 or 80 trucks going out every day and every one of those trucks was paid for, uh, you know, probably a hundred some odd lawnmowers, you know, these mowers were 10, 12, $15,000 each, all of those were paid for. And so it was a harder way to build that business, but it made it more sustainable and so when it came time to sell the company, we had a really clean balance sheet. And so what I, what I noticed was a lot of our competitors also had dreams of selling their business for, for a big payday, but they might have had a $5 million business, but they also had $5 million in debt. And so they really didn't even have a value, any sort of a valuable business at all. And they didn't know that until it came time to try to go pursue an exit. Whereas me, you know, I had a, I had a three, $4 million business with no debt. And so it was really, it was really clean transaction. And, and uh, so it, it made it harder to build, build the business that way. We had to rely on, on older equipment, older assets than we would have ordinarily liked to. But at the end of the day, it was one of the reasons why we were able to get it acquired in an industry where that doesn't happen quite that often. This is the Tony D'Urso Show, where you can learn from the wisdom and success of others to help you move on your vision path. Just ahead, the chat continues about bush wrapping to eight digits with Brian Clayton. But first, it's time for us to take a short break. See you back here in just a moment. Now that we're coming up on a year of the new normal, it sometimes feels like we'll never get our old lives back. The uncertainty of not knowing when this will all end is frustrating and a little scary. I miss my old routines 
and I really miss being able to see my friends and family whenever I want. Now more than ever, therapy is a way to find our way out when things feel especially dark. Just talking through my fears and anxiety makes me breathe easier and feel hope again. Talkspace is the number one online therapy platform that has thousands of licensed therapists trained in over 40 specialties, including anxiety, depression, relationships, and more. Your therapist can help you set and achieve your goals. Look at it this way. There are times you need someone to talk to. You need someone that you can tell anything to. That's why Talkspace is so good and is so effective. Talkspace has thousands of licensed therapists with years of experience in over 40 specialties, including depression, anxiety, substance abuse, trauma, anger management, relationship issues, food and eating, and so much more. As a listener of this podcast, you'll get $100 off your first month with Talkspace. To match with a licensed therapist today, go to Talkspace.com or download the app. Make sure to use the code TONY to get $100 off of your first month and show your support for the show. That's Tony and Talkspace.com. All right, guys, check it out and tell me how much you like it. Talkspace.com with code Tony. And I'll spell that T-A-L-K-S-P-A-C-E dot com with code T-O-N-Y. Talkspace.com with code Tony. Hey, fellow entrepreneurs, I've got some great stuff here that you're going to love. Listen to the Tony D'Urso shows ad-free and get bonus features on most new shows. Become a valued member of the Tony D'Urso show. Here's what you get. Ad-free episodes. As a valued member, listen to all new shows ad-free. Bonus features. As a valued member, you can expect bonus features on most new shows. This is additional content not available in the free version and is only for you, members only. Generally, four episodes a month. Free books, and I mean it, no extra charge. You get a free copy of The Vision Map, which I wrote when I started my podcast journey. Using and following this material took me to the top of my game in a few years. You can do it too. And ask me anything. You get to ask me anything and get all the help you want in marketing, branding, promotion, and starting and growing a podcast and anything else. While I charge for monthly coaching, you get to ask me anything as part of your premium membership at no additional charge. How cool is that? Join now. Become a valued member today, and I look forward to helping you grow in your career, business, and life. Join the fund at TonyDurso.com slash member. That's TonyDurso.com slash member. I'll see you there. You're listening to the Tony D'Urso Show with special VIP guests. Now, back to Tony and his guest. All right, we're back on the Tony D'Urso Show where you can learn from the wisdom and success of others to help you move on your vision path. Today's show is Bush Wrapping to Eight Digits with Brian Clayton. At the end of this interview, I'll give you a summary of what I got out of this and I'll share some pointers with you. Stay tuned for that. Before starting GreenPal, Brian founded Peachtree Inc., one of the largest landscaping companies in the state of Tennessee, growing it to over $10 million a year in annual revenue 
before it was acquired by Lusa Holdings in 2013. All right, and now back to the chat with Brian. Brian, in growing a business, there are, and you've mentioned this earlier on, there are, let's call them little hurdles, little gates to go through. You know, you've got HR, you've got to take care of accounting. There's things that you would have never have thought before that now you have to address because of the volume of the scope of the nature. And I believe one of your good fortes, is that correct, Grammar? One of you, I believe one of your fortes is marketing, promotion. Let's talk about when you hired your first chief of marketing and what was that all about? And hopefully our audience of entrepreneurs, small business owners, solopreneurs, we want to learn from you. So feel free to kind of help us explore this with you. Yeah, um, it's a really good point. One of my favorite books is a book called The E-Myth by Michael Gerber. And one of the things he talks about in that book is no matter what the size of your company, whether it's just you or you and 10 people or 100, you need to create an org chart and you need to have names on all of these roles. And so, like you said, there's a, there's a head, of, head of HR, head of accounting, head of marketing, head of sales, uh, customer satisfaction, uh, R&D. And like in the early days, it's going to be your name on every single one of those roles. And then hopefully as time goes on, as you progress down the journey and, and you grow your business, grow sales, you can begin to peel your name away from some of these roles after you've done kind of the, ba- the basics in each of them. And, and uh, I think that's important for a couple of reasons. One, so you can delineate what the roles and goals are inside of your little organization. And two, so you can also do some of these things yourself because you kind of need to get like like uh, 80-20, the Pareto principle, like you need to get like 20% good at all of these things to get 80% of the, of the acumen. Whether it be bookkeeping, marketing, operations, all of these things you need to be doing yourself for a little bit of time so then you know how to delegate them. One of the things that I think is like most important to be in the hands and like tight, like in control of in, in, the, in the business owner and the CEO's job is to be head of marketing almost until you have a really big business because it's your job to make the phone ring. It's your job to make sure that people are coming through the front door. It's your job to make sure that you're running a tight sales process. And so in my businesses, you know, then with my, with my landscaping company and now with GreenPal, I've always gravitated towards that role that, okay, yeah, I'm, I'm making sure that operationally we're tight and, and that we're making a good product, but also like I'm, I'm head of, I'm the CEO, I'm head of, of marketing. And so for me, I think that's important that, that the founder be close and tight to that. I see what, and what I see a lot of times too, is I do some coaching for, for small business owners now for free, just, just as, just as a hobby. And I'll see them start a new business and, and, and they have this new product and they haven't thought the first thing on how to market it. What I try to try to get people to understand is like half the battle is innovating on a new product or service. And the other half is figuring out how you're going to market it. It almost doesn't matter how good the first half is. If you haven't got the second half figured out, if you haven't figured out how you're going to market the business, if you haven't figured out how, how you're going to get your first 10, 10 grand a month in revenue, then it almost doesn't matter how good your product is. And so I'll see this a lot where, you know, uh, the entrepreneur will lay out what they call a business model canvas. And uh, in the, in the go to market strategy, they'll just put like these little three letter acronyms, SEO, PPC, uh, SEM, and it's like check marketing done. No, that's not how it works. You need to really drill into these things and figure out this is how I'm going to sell this service. This is how I'm going to reach my clients. 
this is how I'm going, whether it be a direct sales model or, or, a, or a self-serve model, you really got to think through that stuff. And as you progress through the levels of growing your business, that, that's going to be a hat you as the owner is going to need to wear for quite a while. You've grown your business very, very well. And again, kudos to you. What would you say would be the biggest focus was it running the was it running the employees taking care of them or taking care of the clients or taking care of the marketing what do you think were the biggest focus areas and challenges for someone that took his business from startup to seven eight digits you know because we all think as you as we just talked about marketing that that may be the biggest focus but maybe it's not yeah you you kind of have to as you progress through the journey of growing your business, you, that changes. And so in the early days, it might be, I just, you know, in my first business, it was, it was, I need to get a hundred grand a year in revenue. I need to figure out how I'm going to, whether it be passing out door hangers, making phone calls, like that is the, the choke point in my business. That is where I need to triage all of my efforts around. And then as time went on, we, we, we built a, a brand and we, and, we, and, and we were able to get people to, 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 to try us out. And that would no, was no longer the, the, the biggest uh, choke point in the business. The biggest choke point was now we have to figure out how we're going to get laborers into the business and get them trained quickly. And so we had to really figure out, okay, this is how now, now we got to figure out how we're going to create a training system to get somebody up and running in like two weeks to figure out how we train them on our method on how we execute the service. So that was our biggest problem at that point. And then you grow even more, and then your biggest problem is is it, it graduates to to things like uh, you know really trying to figure out uh, how do you compete and how do you and how do you get your unit economics down and your cost basis down to where you can compete uh, with the bigger guys even better. And it's no longer these other simpler things. Now now at the end of this level of the, the video game is a bigger boss, and so. As time goes on, you as the CEO, you have to be fluid and you have to really kind of figure out triage around what is the choke point in the business and and what what is it that you need to be focusing your efforts on and what and the team's efforts on. And like even like to this day, GreenPal, it's a tech business. And so the good news about a technology-based business is you can build software to solve a lot of problems and you can really figure out, okay, we use what's called the Toyota uh, methodology. We ask why five times every time something goes wrong. It's like, okay, well, in the in Green Pals case, it's like somebody signs up on our website to get their grass cut and then nobody shows up to cut their grass. Okay, well, that's a problem. Let's ask why five times. Why did that happen? Well, uh, the vendor that they hired was no longer taking lawns in their zip code. Well, well then why did they submit a price? Well, because uh, they didn't really realize what zip code that they were bidding on when they bid that yard. Okay, well, we need to figure out a way to allow these people to opt out on certain zip codes. So just figuring out like, Asking why five times every time a problem happens and that allows you to kind of triage on uh, as to what you need to focus on has really kind of helped us uh, build GreenPow out to, to several hundred thousand people using the platform. Brian, in our chat, there is something that comes out very, very strong, which is almost a dichotomy. And I'm going to leave that as a mystery there because we're going to bring that up in just a moment. But what comes across really strong, I mean, big neon lights, glowing, flashing is your drive. It is strong. Now, I'm curious. Well, actually, I'm not curious. I'm sure. I'm positive. You've thanked your dad 100,000 times probably to make you and force you mow that grass and give you that impetus, that startup for the career. 
But I don't know that that's necessarily your dad. Where did this drive come from? We talked about the little pieces. We talked about your vision, your purpose. But you're so focused. We want to learn from you because I'm isolating that is really key in your success. Well, I, I appreciate that for, you know, I appreciate you recognizing that. I, I, I think that's a nice compliment for me. That's that's kind of evolved over the years. Like I was telling you in the early days, I kind of had a chip on my shoulder. I really wanted to show everybody that I could build a big company and a profitable company. And I, I was proud of the business that, that my team and I built. And that was it was almost like serving my own ego. And then I sold that company and I realized a lot about myself. Um I retired after that. I didn't have to work anymore. And so I took some time off and I, and I realized, wow, I'm getting sloppy. I'm, I'm not as sharp as I was. I don't have the, the ambition that I did. Um, there's, there's nothing really causing me to read books I don't want to read or watch podcasts I don't want to watch. And so it's like, then I started realizing that, wow, my business is kind of like the, the, the river of like life for me. It's the thing that causes me to keep driving forward. Like, the beautiful thing about business is the marketplace will extract that from you. The marketplace is, is a shrewd purveyor of feedback. It's always going to tell you where you stink. It's always going to tell you uh, where, what you need to work on and what you need to be focusing on. And like even you personally, as the business owner, the, the things where you're kind of ahead of your skis and that you need to like catch up on. And so I, I learned that selling my first company and, and, and I, was, I thought, okay, well, I need to build a, no, a new business because this is really kind of inherent to who I am and this is what causes me to get out of bed in the morning. And so that's when I cr- recruited two co-founders and started GreenPal. And then I started to get a taste of that again. I was like, wow, yeah, I'm reading these blogs on how to write software and how to do search engine optimization. I hate this stuff, but if I'm going to be successful, I got to do it. And uh, it's a it's a fun process uh, growing, and it's a fun process learning things you didn't know how to do. And the business is the thing that is the forcing function that extracts that from me. This is the Tony D'Urso Show, where you can learn from the wisdom and success of others to help you move on your vision path. Just ahead, the chat continues about bush wrapping to eight digits with Brian Clayton. But first, it's time for us to take a short break. See you back here in just a moment. Hiring is one of those things you do not want to mess up. You need to hire great people if you want to take your entire business to the next level. With the stakes this high, there is only one choice, Indeed. Now let me tell you why. Indeed.com is the hiring site that helps you find quality candidates with Indeed Instant Match. Indeed searches through the millions of resumes in their database to help show you great candidates instantly. So you can do the part you really need faster, meeting and hiring great people. Unlike some hiring sites, Indeed gives you full control and payment flexibility, delivering a quality shortlist faster. With Indeed, there are no long-term contracts. You can pause your account at any time and you only pay for what you need. Indeed, with Instant Match, you see a lot of great candidates with zero weight. And Indeed delivers four times more hires than all other job sites combined, according to Talent Nest. Once your quality shortlist fast, you need Indeed. Right now, our listeners get a free $75 credit to upgrade your job post at Indeed.com D-U-R-S-O. This is Indeed's best offer available 
anywhere. Get a free $75 credit at Indeed.com slash D-U-R-S-O. Indeed.com slash D-U-R-S-O. Offer valid through March 31. Terms and conditions apply. That's I-N-D-E-E-D dot com slash D-U-R-S-O. All right, guys, check it out and tell me how you like it. Indeed.com slash D-U-R-S-O. You're listening to The Tony D'Urso Show with special VIP guests. Now, back to Tony and his guest. All right, we're back on The Tony D'Urso Show, where you can learn from the wisdom and success of others to help you move on your vision path. Today's show is Bush Wrapping to Eight Digits with Brian Clayton. At the end of this interview, I'll give you a summary of what I got out of this, and I'll share some pointers with you. Stay tuned for that. All right, and now back to the chat with Brian. And so, uh, like, by myself, no business, I'm a pretty lazy guy. In a business, I have a team, I have have stakeholders, I have customers, I have people that use my technology. I have to be the best that I can be. And the business causes that. Brian, just earlier, I alluded to a little bit of a mystery, a dichotomy. You had, as we've discussed, a lot of challenges, trials and errors, but you've successfully taken your business up to eight digits. Now, I read somewhere in the literature, am I correct, you aren't interested in, be, in taking this up to a billion dollars? Do I have the right person or am I making a mistake? Is that you? To that point, we haven't raised any venture capital. And so when you raise venture capital, you better damn well be gunning for a billion dollar outcome. And I think that's a bad bet for most entrepreneurs. Now, now if GreenPal became a billion dollar company, of course, I'd be, I'd be happy with that. I'd be thrilled. But I think a lot of entrepreneurs are, are, are gunning for that, that tor- sort of valuation and they're raising venture capital to do it. And it's a bad bet in most cases. So we've purposely have not raised any venture capital, although we, you know, for the eight years running this business, we've had a lot of interest in, in investors wanting to, to join, our, join, join our, our cause. But we've always felt like taking the sustainable slow and low approach of building a profitable business and that the best form of financing is our own revenues is what's caused us to get to where we are today. You know, we're doing $20 million a year in revenue with GreenPal, profitable. We have a team of, of around 30 people. And, uh, you know, even going through COVID, I haven't, I haven't lost a night's sleep uh, for what the economy is going to do because we're, we're making, we're, we're doing well, we're making money. And, and that a lot of tech startups don't have the luxury of doing that because, Venture capital causes them to chase that billion dollar outcome. And, and so a lot of times, you know, you have to like grow the business 10, 10x in two years. And a lot of times it's not sustainable. And so that's, that's our approach. Brian, you've done so much. Perhaps you may think that you've been through it all. I can see a lot more future and growth there. But when you're running a company, when you're running a business, things change, times change. Sometimes we get burned out or we lose interest, but you, you've had a a consistent, high focused interest in your business for a very long period of time. And, and, and we talked about this as the very beginning of the show, just a little bit, but what is it that gets you out of the bed in the morning? What keeps that drive going? There's a few, few ways I look at it. So in the early days of GreenPal, it was excruciatingly hard. You know, we ended our first year with 20 customers. Now we have several hundred thousand, but Ended our first year with 20 customers. Half of them were friends and family. It was really, really tough. And I made the decision in those early years that 
I was just by default always going to be working on my best idea. And that's all there is to it. It's not negotiable. It's not what I want to do. It's not, am I doing the right thing? Am I not doing the right thing? Am I spending my life's force on the right uh, project? I'm always just going to be working on my best idea. And GreenPal has just been my best idea for the last, you know, almost decade, uh, eight, nine years. And it makes it pretty clear to psychologically deal with that. Um, you know, even through high, good times and bad, you know, you know, you're not going to quit. You know, you're not going to go backwards. You're always going to be moving forwards. And, and that's the only, that's just all there is to it. So that helps me get through the hard parts and, and especially the slog of the first three or four years of starting a, a bootstrap technology company. The other thing too is, is when, it, when the business ha- did start to get traction, then some real things kind of manifested and materialized that were a lot of fun that did lend, that do lend me purpose. One thing is, is our, <clears throat> our platform is, is the system that thousands of lawn care services make their livelihood. And so uh, we, you know, we connect homeowners with local lawn care services. And so these are one, one man band, one, one person owner operator services. And we have hundreds and hundreds of stories of, of lawn mowing services, uh, you know, that, that started out on our platform with like two customers and ended their first year with 200 and we're making material income on top of the technology we've built. And uh, we have a little Facebook group that we invite all of these folks into and they share stories with, hey, GreenPal helped me buy my, my first uh, riding mower where I used to have to push mow all day. Now I can ride. Or GreenPal helped me save my home from foreclosure or helped me put a kid through school or helped me bolt on a cruise. So now I have two crews running in my business. And so that's a lot of fun. And that's where I derive my purpose and my passion. It comes from my business, comes from that mission of, of, of helping people get into business for themselves and helping them grow their business. So that's a lot of fun. And that's, that's really what, what, give, what gives me the thrust today. In the early years, we didn't have a whole lot of those wins. And so a lot of it was just managing my personal psychology of like, hey, you're going to be working on your best idea. This is it. So let's get your ass out of bed. Let's, let's go to the office. Brian, what are you looking to accomplish in the next few years? Where do you see your future go? You know, we're doing 20, 20 some odd million dollars in revenue a year. And we started with our, ended our, our first year with like $5,000 in total revenue. So we look back and it's like, wow, look how far we've come. But man, I'll tell you, it still just feels like day one. We have so much further to go in terms of distributing this this technology into all of the nooks and crannies throughout the United States, the smaller markets. You know, we're in every major city in the United States, but like your your smaller mid tier markets, we 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 have to make GreenPal known and aware uh, in those in those in those places. And so we have a lot of work left to do until like GreenPal is in like the the lexicon of the English language, in the way that you might Uber to the airport. You know your grass is four feet tall, just get a green pile. You know, we have a long way to go. And so we just, we're just going to keep working on the mission, keep doing what we're doing. And, you know, five years ago is very different than five years uh, was very different today. And I'm sure five years from, from now is going to be very different than what today looks like. And that's, and that's excites me. That's going to be fun. We're always on the lookout for what brings us success or takes our business to the next level. And we want to learn from you. We want to learn from your success. And one of the things we want to know about is, are there any personal habits or routines that you feel have really contributed well to your success? Yeah, it's, it's a couple things. Trying to avoid fake work. A lot of us, you know, especially uh, in the early years of starting a business, we, we subscribe to this ideology, ideology where 
just go into the office and work 80, 90 hours a week and you'll be successful. And that is true. You need to, you need to put in the, you need to work hard and grind hard, especially the first few years. You're going to have to put in the hours. But a lot of times we get seduced by this fake work that isn't moving the needle. It isn't really doing anything. And it might be like polishing up the Instagram page or it might be, uh, you know, making sure your logo looks a certain way or it might be attending a networking event. And none of that stuff really maps to, I need more customers today. And like, and so, and, and so for me, um, like always trying to focus on what are the one, two or three things that my team and I need to be working on that week and that month. And how do we define success around those things? And let's just knock it out and get it done and then rinse and repeat and do it again next week, next month. And really just only focusing on a few things at a time and not worrying about anything else. And letting customer feedback drive whatever that focus is. A lot, of, a lot of times, if you make it just really clean and simple and frictionless for your customers to speak with you, that will guide you to what you need to be working on. And it'll help you avoid doing the crap that you don't need to be doing. This is the Tony D'Urso Show, where you can learn from the wisdom and success of others to help you move on your vision path. Just ahead, the chat continues about bush wrapping to eight digits with Brian Clayton. But first, it's time for us to take a short break. See you back here in just a moment. As pet parents, working from home has given us more time to spend with our four-legged family members. Now we're more aware of their daily needs, health issues, and well-being. So if you've noticed that your pet is itchy or smells less than pleasant, you have to check out Scout's Honor. Scout's Honor is my go-to pet brand for grooming products that help with itch relief, odor control, and overall healthier skin and coat. We love these products. We use them on Daisy, our family dog. The shampoo lathers up very well and it leaves her coat super soft and there's no itch or issues. She has allergies, but no reactions here. Hey, this is the good stuff. She smells great and looks so clean. She's a cutie pie. And I've said this before, she'll play fetch the ball with you until your arms fall off. How do we bottle that energy? Scout's Honor's probiotic grooming products are a scientifically proven natural solution for treating your pet's skin problems. When applied to the skin, probiotics support healthy bacteria and fight against bad bacteria that cause irritation. We love the honeysuckle. You'll be hooked when you try that one. And with every purchase, Scout's Honor provides one day's worth of meals for a rescue animal in need. And they've given out over 5 million meals. Amazing. With Scout's Honor, your pet will never look, feel, or smell better. Check out all of Scout's Honor's award-winning products today, available online or wherever pet supplies are sold. To remember, that's Scouts with a K at scoutshonor.com slash D-U-R-S-O for 20% off your order. Scouts Honor, natural and preventative grooming solutions for pets. That's S-K-O-U-T-S-H-O-N-O-R dot com slash D-U-R-S-O. All right, guys, check it out and tell me how much you like it. Scoutshonor.com slash D-U-R-S-O. Entrepreneurs around the world know that agility and flexibility are integral to building businesses that scale. 
And that's across all your core functions. I recently came across a company that thinks about payments through a radical new lens. Checkout.com. I like that they help you unlock more revenue with their connected payment services. There's connected and then there's super connected technology. And that's what Checkout uses. They have world-class fraud filters. They make payments seamless. And that's a great thing. Did you know that merchants lose over $20 billion due to false declines? Wouldn't you love to capture more of that? And before I go on, did you know that 65% of merchants surveyed do not receive detailed raw response codes on failed payments? That's a huge percentage. I've been reading their free report and I'm astounded at the money lost. In a survey of 5,071 consumers across four countries, 52.1% were put off permanently from shopping on the site because of the complexity of the payment process. Can you believe that? Ouch. Could this be why you're not getting as many sales as you think you should? Are you leaving money on the table? Just having an online checkout and taking credit card payments is actually the beginning of the story. Checkout.com is a leading cloud-based global payment solutions provider. Checkout's payment platform is purpose-built with simplicity, scalability, and speed in mind, ideal for merchants looking to seamlessly integrate better payment solutions globally. Checkout.com offers improved acceptance globally, better and more actionable granular data, a flexible product structure that merchants can adapt to their needs, combined with truly personal white glove service. It's why brands across the globe like Pizza Hut, TransferWise, Klarna, Revolut, and Samsung trust Checkout.com. Checkout.com is the dominant choice for organizations that are looking for the fastest, most innovative, and reliable global payment solution provider. See if Checkout works for your business and set up a free test account in minutes at Checkout.com slash D-U-R-S-O. That's Checkout.com slash D-U-R-S-O for a free test account. Checkout.com slash D-U-R-S-O. I'll spell that out. C-H-E-C-K-O-U-T dot com slash D-U-R-S-O. All right, guys, check it out and tell me how you like it. Checkout.com slash D-U-R-S-O. You're listening to the Tony D'Erso Show with special VIP guests. Now, back to Tony and his guest. All right, we're back on the Tony D'Erso Show where you can learn from the wisdom and success of others to help you move on your vision path. Today's show is Bush Wrapping to Eight Digits with Brian Clayton. At the end of this interview, I'll give you a summary of what I got out of this and I'll share some pointers with you. Stay tuned for that. Brian's interest and expertise are related to entrepreneurialism, small business growth, marketing, and bootstrapping businesses from zero revenue to profitability and exit. And now back to the chat with Brian. Brian, earlier you mentioned a great resource, E-Myth, with, from Gerber about the org charts. Really, really good resource there. Are there any other resources that you feel are very key to growing a business that you'd like to share with our audience entrepreneurs? Yeah, step one is for me, you know, I was a C student in high school, C student in college. Uh, I mean, barely scored enough on the ACT to even get into college. So my point is I'm not the smartest dude 
but I've always just like had a, a healthy dose of, of, of paranoia to, to try, try to figure out, okay, how am I going to even pull this off? I need to get my hands on every book I can read. I need to, I need to watch every smart podcast, every smart YouTube channel, every online course. And so I really, really try to hold myself accountable to, to turn off the TV, turn off Netflix and turn on YouTube to really sit down at least a couple hours a night reading or watching some interview with people way smarter than me to try to learn from them and how I can apply that to my business. And so, you know, I've, I mean, I have read so many books I didn't want to read that my business has caused me to read. I usually try to read at least one a book a month. The books I like the best are the ones that are practical and really get in there and, and try to just, and, and try to just map it out for you. So one is, one is the E-Myth. That's an awesome book. Um, good to great is another classic that, that I think every business owner can, can read to understand to really try to wrap their head around the flywheel effect and what that means, uh, in, inside of your business and, and how you can try to figure out a way to create a, a flywheel effect. It doesn't matter. You, even if you have a home cleaning service, you can create a little flywheel effect inside of that business. So, th- I mean, that's another good book. Um, if you ever have dreams of selling your business, a, a book called built to sell, is a really good book that maps that out. And so it's not just initially those three books. There's like a hundred books. I think my main point is, is if you, if you want to be successful in business, you got to force yourself to read. I hate reading, but you got to force yourself to do it. You have to make time to do it. Um, and you have to set goals on that. And then if you do that for five years, you'll wake up one day. It's like, wow, man, wow. I'm a totally different person than I was five years ago. And that's a lot of fun. Once again, we're talking about bush wrapping to eight digits with Brian Clayton, and you can find him at yourgreenpal.com. Brian, you have given us so much information, tips, advice, gold nuggets galore. Really seriously appreciate and thank you for taking all this time to share with our entrepreneurial audience. Tony, thanks for having me on. I enjoyed it. Had a ball. Hey, fellow entrepreneurs. Thanks for hanging out with me while I featured an elite entrepreneur who took his vision to reality. I'm sure this was as inspiring for you as it was for me to do this interview. Learned so many great points about being an entrepreneur, persevering, keeping at it. Just amazing interview. Bush wrapping to eight digits with Brian Clayton. Now his company makes eight digits, but he never had a job. Can many of us say that today? More correctly, he only ever worked for himself as an entrepreneur. And it gets better. He had to decide when he went to college if he should get a job and a significant pay cut or continue cutting grass. It was not only the realization that he was actually running a business, it was that he could make it a much bigger business. With his vision sharply forming, he set off to build the biggest business in his category. And he stuck with mowing lawns because, while the money was good, he really wanted to make something of himself. And he did just that as he went on to build the largest landscaping company in Tennessee. And as he did so, he was driven by his responsibilities to his employees as his purpose driver to keep at it. He likens business to a video game. I haven't heard that one before. It's very unique. Break it down into 10 levels. That's a great analogy. You have to grow to get past the challenges of each level. And now we have some of the secrets of his success in a way He listened to Dave Ramsey constantly while mowing lawns. He didn't want to listen to him, but he had no choice. Every day he was kind of forced to listen to Ramsey talk about financial freedom, 
in personal and business finance, and that really stuck in his brain. That drove him to be debt-free, and he made his choices against that mindset that was beaten into his head over the years. Another good one is The E-Myth by Michael Gerber is another business changer for him in making an org chart. As you grow your business, you can play the game of getting people to take over some of those roles. That gets you into doing the roles that are needed to grow your business. It gets you to expand and it gets you filling those roles. He suggests hanging on to the role of head of marketing until you have a big business. That's the position that makes the phone ring and which brings in the customers. Growing a large business is far more than just saying PPC, SEO, or SEM. You really have to figure out how you're going to sell your product and figure that out in depth and in detail. As you progress through the journey of growing your business, your focus changes on what's most important to you. Again, referring back to the concept of this being a video game, each level has different challenges. He said it well, you as the executive have to always figure out what is the triage of the choke point of your business and what your team needs to focus on. Do you use the Toyota methodology? I like that. Ask why five times every time something goes wrong. I was laughing when he said that the marketplace is always going to tell you where you stink. Isn't that a fact? And the business is going to make you learn those things that you probably didn't want to learn or didn't care before. But now it's vital to growth. The business makes you better. How about that? Your business itself pushes you to be the best that you can be. It's so true and so refreshing to hear. Brian never raised any venture capital and as such was never inspired to bring his company up to a billion dollars. He believes the best form of financing are the company's own revenues, and that is a significant testament to their success. Hey, at $20 million a year and growing, their business is quite sustainable. And he's always working on his best idea, and that idea is his current company for nearly a decade. There's so much more I got out of this interview. What did you get? I'd love to know how you use this information to help you in your business or career. Did this interview give you any ideas for your business? Did it stimulate you to take some action? Please share and grab hold of your vision. Decide you're either going to start something great or take it to the next level. You have to decide first. It always starts with a decision and you can get my vision map to help you along the process. The ebook is at tonydurso.com slash books. I created my empire in just a few years. I wrote up the vision map as my guide. You can do it too. Let's go over some of those points, shall we? The vision map contains words that you've already heard. But just like when you hear sugar, flour, vanilla, eggs, it doesn't mean that you know how to make a great souffle or a great dessert, but yet you know the words. Well, the same with the vision map. The vision map contains from the top the vision, the purpose, the long-term objective, the master plan, and that includes strategy and tactical actions, and then that culminates to a breakdown of actions to take. And you could also break that further down into what I call 30, 60, 90, which is what you're going to accomplish and sell and make money in 30, 60, or 90 days. Well, let's just take it from the top and let's just talk about some of this 
the vision. The vision is at the very, very top. And I'm going to give you a case in point. And I may have the story a little bit off. It's been years. Let's refresh. Jordan Adler once was quite a failure. He didn't have a relationship. He didn't have a place to stay. He didn't have a good job. I believe his life was in a catastrophe. You can read his book called Beach Money, and you can get more familiar with it. But I'm retelling it as best as I can. I read it over and over five years ago. It blew me away. That's when I first started podcasting. And what Jordan did was he just, I guess, got fed up and he was just so low. He was at the bottom. And he went out to the park one day and he just spent all day writing his vision. What did he see himself doing? And the way I like to describe that is you go into the future and you look back and you write out what you have accomplished as if you're in a dream or you're doing a movie. You're going, well, I've done this and I've done this and I've done this. And you lay it all out. And it's not just something that just takes a couple moments. It's something that really takes some time to write out and put together a really good vision. And a vision is what you see yourself accomplishing. What are you doing? It's, it's an action. I'm doing this. I'm doing that. And you put that together. Well, Jordan Adler did that. And he would look at his vision periodically. And then fast forward a couple years or so later, he was moving. And he ran into that document that he wrote with his vision on it. And Jordan Adler sat down and cried. Do you know why? Because now he was moving into the house of his dreams. He had the girlfriend of his dreams. And his life was fantastic. And he was making, at that time, $100,000 a month. Yeah, Jordan Adler made it. It's a great book called Beach Money. And what I've done is I've learned so many parts of this map in my school, college, and everywhere that I put together something called the vision map. And the vision is good, and some people can make it on just a vision, but you need a little bit more, your purpose, your long-term objective, your master plan. You need your strategy, your tactical. You need your 30, 60, 90. You need a breakdown of things that you're going to do, which is also you can call it your things to do list. My vision map right now is free. You can go get it at tonydurso.com/books and you can really really zone into this and don't let it go over your head. Some people give you an example. One of my students had a fitness product on Amazon and at the time he was doing 5 sales a month. Okay? I got together with him, just worked on the vision map. That was it. We just worked on the vision map. And in two months, he was up to five sales a day just by having a really good vision map. So it is that powerful. It can change your life, but you have to work it. You just can't look at it and set it down and disappear. Work it, work it, work it, and you will achieve great success. All right. Sound good? Okay, guys. Let's help you move on your journey to success. And please consider supporting this show with a nice review. Just go to ratethispodcast.com slash Tony. Thanks, guys. And remember, just take action. Success awaits those who persevere and remain steadfast despite the odds. Sow good seeds, do good deeds, and join me on the next episode of The Tony D'Urso Show. 
We hope you've enjoyed this week's edition of the Tony D'Urso Show with his key influencers. Be sure to tune in again next Friday at 5 p.m. Eastern Time, 2 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Influencers Channel.